Good morning, Renewal. Good morning. Gotta love Jordan and Liz. Um, Jordan has been instrumental in setting up every part of our tech and things here on Sunday mornings, and Liz is our kids director as well as my assistant and runs around and deals with my crazy stuff all the time, so I'm thankful for them and all they've brought to Renewal. Jordan's got a little jumper too on the basketball court, so we'll see about that maybe today. But uh, I'm thankful to be here with you guys. You guys having a good, did y'all get a little bit more rest last night? Extra hour? Nah, you just stayed up later, right? Just stayed up later, huh? That's pretty much what happened, right? It should have been no excuse of being late, but people are still late, right? Uh, well, good morning, and my name is Derek. If you have never been at our church today, I'm the lead pastor here at Renewal Church of Chicago, and I'm just thankful to be here with you guys. I felt so appreciative and just appreciated last week as you guys prayed over me and had a table out there. I read every last note that came in, and everybody wrote a note to me just thanking me, and it just... I, it just felt good. You know, I, I, it's a highlight of my week to come in here and be able to pastor you guys. It's just a privilege to be here at Renewal each week. I had a whole bunch of candy and all kind of cider and cinnamon rolls. I had one thing, though, one little low point. Somebody stole a pack of gum. Nobody going to own up to it either, right? Full pack of gum. They didn't take one stick. They took the whole pack of gum out of my basket of, of candy. It's all good. I hope your breath smell real good this week. No, I'm just playing. No, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. It is good to be here, and I'm thankful for just all of you all, and I, it is just a delight to be here after three years and just seeing what God has been doing in our church, and I look forward to the next several years and years to come of just ministry here in Chicago and at Renewal. Amen? Well, today I want to talk briefly about singleness. I want to talk about singleness, and then we're going to have a panel from some of your own here that are living this single state of life right now and just I just want you to hear from them too in regarding this kind of what it means to walk biblically in your singleness now the reason we need to talk about singleness and why this is in this crossing the line series is because in our society one I don't believe that a lot of people know how to walk in their singleness biblically and then two we don't know how to relate to one another, whether we're single or married. We don't know how to relate to people that are single. Whether that's in a dating relationship or that's friendship or, or, or that's just Mary's trying to understand how to, to shepherd and talk to somebody that is single. We, we really don't know how to do that. And sadly, what we do is we push singles to one extreme or the other. We praise them because they're living it up, so to say. Or, or we, we look down upon them because they're not married yet. So, so we got to talk about this singleness and what this means and crossing lines and interna- interacting with one another, okay? So flip with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 7. I'm not going to have you stand. We just got one verse today, uh, chapter 7, verse 7. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screen. This text reads, I wish, this is Paul writing, said, I wish that all were as I myself am. But each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. Very words of God. Amen. Today I want to talk about singleness. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much right now for this time. God, I just pray that you would hide me behind your cross as we talk about a vulnerable subject to some. Lord, I pray that you'd be lifted up in our midst and that you would hide me behind your cross and that you would be glorified. In Christ's name, we all said together, amen. Amen. 
Today, I have four quick things I want to talk about. As I gather, as I read a little bit this week, just kind of thinking through singleness, I read this article through the Gospel Coalition, and they said there's four things, four things I want to talk about. Uh, singleness, number one, singleness is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Number two, singleness has advantages. Number three, singleness is hard. Number four, singleness is not permanent. It's not permanent. Singleness is a gift from God. Singleness has advantages, and singleness is hard. Singleness is not permanent. Now, the scripture that I just read, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and he's talking about the proper interactions. In the context, it's in the proper interactions he's talking about within marriage, specifically dealing with sex. And, and when, this, when he says, I wish that you all were like me, he's talking about being single and celibate. Now, the apostle Paul was not married. He wasn't married and devoted himself, his whole life to God without any relational distractions or responsibilities of having a wife or kids. In the text, he goes on and says that each has his own gift, hence saying to all the readers, including you and I, that singleness as well as marriage is a gift. Let me say that again. Singleness as well as marriage is a gift. Now, I have to repeat that because sometimes we look at our singleness as a curse. And I I can't wait to get out of it. But hear me again. Singleness is a gift. It's a gift from God. See, some people look at this text where Paul is writing and they get this verse all mixed up and and believe that Paul is talking purely about the gift of singleness and being able to stay celibate and and single for the rest of your life. And some of y'all probably like, look, Pastor D, that's cool and all, but that ain't me. I got a strong desire in me to be married. I want to be married. I want to have a spouse. Hear me, Paul is not talking about the unique gift that people have to stay and be single forever, but he's really talking about the state of singleness being a gift. For however long you're in it, the state of singleness being a gift. See, here's the thing. Whatever state of life you're in, whether that be single or married, it is a gift from God. It's a gift from God, the fact that we even, he's lavished his grace among us to the point where we even have breath in our lungs. It's a gift. Therefore, this means that singleness should never be looked at as second second rate or, or less than or less desirable because it's simply a gift. So the single individual has to do the work to find joy in their singleness and the the individuals that are married are to love them and help them cherish their gift of singleness. Not not continually ask them questions like, when you gonna get married? Why, you still single? Yeah, I'm still single. You see a ring on my finger? I mean, that's what you really wanna say back to them, right? Are you still married? I mean, you really wanna ask them that, right? No, no, hear me, singleness is a gift. It's a gift. And family, there's advantages also to singleness, which Paul mentions in verse 28. Look at it with me. He says when talking about marriage, he says, yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I will spare you that. What he's saying is that in marriage, it it may look glorious and amazing, but it's simply more complicated. There's troubles that come along with. Although the marriage relationship is to be cherished and it, it resembles Christ's love for the church, us, There are simply some advantages, though, when serving Jesus being single. Simple things like, while you're single, there's no need to worry about the decision on where to live. 
You don't have to talk with people about that. You can do and move wherever you need to move. I mean, you don't have to think about Thanksgiving dinner. You don't argue over Thanksgiving dinner. You just go to Thanksgiving. You don't, you don't think about dinner every night. What do we want to eat? Do you want to cook? Do you want to cook? You going to clean up the kitchen? You going to do this? We're going to go to sleep? What are we going to do? We're going to eat out? You don't have to have those type of conversations. You don't have to think about decorating the house. You can do what you need to do there. There's, there's simple things like that, simple advantages. And, and you heard me talk about children being a blessing from the Lord last week. That's true. They are a blessing from the Lord. But children, believe me, they bring more responsibility and less time with you and Jesus. There's less freedom there. I got four of them, believe me. Almost five. And you may be saying, well, Pastor D, that's cool. That's good, but, but I desire all those things. I want all of those things. I want children. I want to be able to fight sometimes and argue. I, I don't know about you. You, you, want to, you want to be able to have all those things. You want to have a spouse. And hear me, those are good desires. Those are very good desires, but don't let your desire, hear me when I say this, don't let your desire get in the way of the gift God has given you right now. Don't, don't let it get in the way. Don't, don't overlook what God can do in your life right now and how he can use you in your singleness. See, instead of focusing on the difficulties of being single, as some of us do, make the most of the advantages of God's gift right now. Go on mission trips. You know, fight on the front lines of injustice. You know, give your life to a cause. I mean, I mean, be on the front lines. Consume yourself with Jesus right now when you're single, where your time does not have to be divided. It's not divided or split up at all right now. Give him all you have. Now, friends, on that note, singleness is hard. It's hard. See, singleness is hard. We, we, we were not made to be alone. We're not made to be alone. Genesis says this in chapter 2, verse 18. Paul, I mean, God sees Adam after Adam's working in the garden. Adam's not looking for a spouse at this time. He's just consuming what God told him to do. And God looks at Adam and he says, man should not be alone. Puts him to sleep, pulls a rib out, and he makes Eve's. Specifically for Adam. He makes Eve for Adam. See, friends, hear me. This is why we all need to cross the lines with singles, whether we're single or married. Singleness, hear me, is a breeding ground for loneliness, for temptation, sexual temptation. It's a breeding ground for that. These two struggles seem to go hand in hand a lot of times. The more lonely you feel, the more tempted you feel. I mean, and this even happens. Don't, don't think this is just for the single. This happens in marriage too. So, so if you're struggling with temptation right now, don't think getting married is going to solve that. It's not. If you're having problems with porn or sexual temptations, get the help you need right now, whether that through counseling or great account accountability partner. Get that help now. As I talked about a few weeks ago, this is what we talked about, close friends and intimate friends. You need that person to walk alongside you to help you run after Jesus and keep striving after him, keeping him in the limelight in front of you, running after Jesus, that person that has the, that has the same ideals as you, the same dreams as you, that loves Jesus the same as you. We all need that type of fellowship. And for the married person, one of those people is your spouse. But for the single person, until married or even if you don't get married, seek companionship. We need that type of fellowship. We were made for community, not loneliness. We're not made to be alone. And this goes into dating. This goes into dating. Don't just date because you feel lonely. Don't, don't date because you just... You're tempted. 
when dating, seek someone to, uh, to be a spouse. Seek, seek someone to, to be with, grow old with, have kids with. Someone you can glorify God with for the rest of your life. You see, now, now I got to talk about this little dating bit because I think, y'all, we get a little paralyzed sometimes when we think about dating as Christians and we make it way too hard. Somebody need to amen that. We make it way too hard. Hear me, your intentions are different when dating as a Christian because you're not looking for happiness or your own satisfaction, but instead, someone, number one, who loves Jesus, and number two, loves you. Then someone who, who, who has the same goals, same ideals as you. Hear me, Christian dating is not about not being lonely or being sexually satisfied. Sex is an outcome of two people coming together in the consummation of marriage. It's an outcome of that, not before. So, so it's not about you, your wants, or your needs. That's not what marriage is about. So, so don't go date because of that. Seek to get to know somebody else. And, and hear me, you can't have the companionship of marriage or get to know someone unless you go on dates. Yeah, it, it's a good thing to go on a date. It's okay to go on dates. My singles, we need to go on dates, but, but, but make sure your intentions are to cross the line and get to know the other person and it's not selfishly about you. It won't, your marriage will not last if it's always about you. So don't date just thinking about you. Get to know the other person. Don't selfishly make it about you. Cross the line. And for the Christian in here, when dating, number one, make sure they love Jesus. Make sure they love Jesus. I mean, she, she could be fine as a Coke bottle on the outside and be ugly on the inside. Pretty on the outside, ugly on the inside. My pastor told me a long time ago that means she's pretty ugly. Don't, don't go for that. I mean, get to know the person, y'all. Make sure they love Jesus because if they don't love Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, your relationship will only go so far. You can only dive so deep with that person. And, and then don't jump in the relationship seeking to save someone else. Don't, don't try to change them. That is not your job. Let me free you up. That's not your job. That's Jesus' job. He's the only one that can save. See, some of us like the missionary date. We're going to seek to save them in the dating relationship. And he, even if that person does come to faith, you know what happens? Eventually, you're depleting your own spiritual well by continually pouring into them over and over again and, and, and giving to them, and you're not getting anything back. It, it, it's kind of like two cups of water. You have two cups of water. You got one that's filled to the brim with water, and you got the other one that's empty. This is the one that's spiritually satisfied in Christ. This is the one that doesn't know Jesus. This one continually pours out over and over into this cup of water. Now this one's filling up. What's happened to the one that was full? Now it's empty. See, now you have two cups of water that will never fully be filled to the brim because one is always pouring into the other. Instead of doing that, let God work on you where you are, right here and right there. And then at the end, you're both overflowing with water to bring you together to make one pitcher that's overflowing with water. See, let God do what he needs to do. Let him save you and the other person. Let him work on you while he's working on the other person. Y'all ain't following me. You see, for the brother and sister in here, too, that, that, that's saying to that point, like, I don't want to date. You know, I'm not trying to date right now, and I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to let him work it out. It's okay to wait on God, but don't wait on God thinking that he's just making your spouse specifically for you. Wait on God and let him work on you. There's a lot of work that he has to do 
for on you. Adam's not sitting there like, where's my Eve? God's working on him and he's creating Eve at the same time. And when Eve comes, Adam's ready to receive her. Let God work on you. So don't say, I don't, I don't want to date because I'm waiting on God. It's a good thing to wait on God, but wait on him because he's working on you. And I got to talk about this a little bit because some of us look at dating and say, well, you know, God, some, he's going to put me to sleep too and he's going to take a rib out my side. And he's going to make me that Eve too, you know. I'm sorry, y'all. There can only be one beginning. <laughs> you went there. Which means that you might have to date. You might need to get to know somebody. But hear me. Just because you date somebody, let me free somebody up right here. Just because you date someone doesn't make he or she the right person. They don't become the right person until you get married and enter a covenant with them. Which means don't skip the process and become so paralyzed thinking about whether or not you should date a person because am I going to marry them and I'm not. No, just get to know them. Date. Don't make it so hard. Lastly, as I get off my hobby horse, before I bring the panel up here, friends, singleness is not permanent. It's not permanent. The great truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that as we read in the Bible and the scriptures is that all of us one day that are single, that know Jesus Christ will be married one day. Hear me, no single person will ever stay single. Some will marry here on earth and and some will not. But all of us that believe in Jesus Christ will one day be married to Christ. Now, see, that's the day that I I, I look for, that true marriage. See, there, there will be no need for the earthly marriages and the needs that we have here because as the scripture tells us that Christ is coming back for his creation. In Revelations, it calls the creation his bride. He's coming back. In Revelations 19, it says that's going to be a, a great wedding. It's a great wedding when he comes for all those who believe and, and calls us to himself and he ushers us into the new heaven and new earth. Family, hear me. Marriages are great. Relationships here on earth, they do matter a lot. But let us all married or not, let us all truly await that true marriage, that true wedding day when Jesus comes back. But until then, as Paul says right here in this scripture, let us think of our states of life wherever we are right now as a gift. Amen. Let me pray as the panel is coming up. Father God, thank you so much for this time. God, I just ask that right now as we continue to walk in whatever state of life we are, God, that you would be glorified in all of it and every ounce of it. God, I pray that that we would await that day, that true marriage where you come and you call us all to yourself. God, we're looking forward to that. But I pray that we will continue to seek fellowship and community in the midst of that Lord Jesus and that we would not forget that God we can be truly satisfied in you right now as well as in heaven so Lord we thank you for who you are we pray these things God in your name amen as the panel comes up um This may be new for some of you all. Maybe it's your first time in our church at Renewal. I like to do a little 
things that are different sometimes. So I like to allow you guys to hear from some of the people in your church as, as well as some people sometimes out of that that, that, that are kind of living in those states of life and the things where we are. So to that note, next week we're going to do a marriage panel, myself, my wife, and Pastor Luke and his wife. Um, and with that, I want you guys, I'm going to preach a little bit just kind of like I did this week and next week we'll talk about marriage. And what I want you guys to do now, we're going to put a number on the board and I want you guys to text questions that you want to know dealing with marriage, all right? So text questions throughout. Uh, yeah, I am giving you permission to use your phone during the service, okay? So I know you already do it anyway, but you can, you can text questions. I want to hear from you guys. What are some questions that you want to know, all right? And right now, as you see each person up here, this is vulnerable. This is huge for them, you know, to talk about this. So, so I, can y'all give it up for them? Amen. So first question I want to talk, I just want them to, some people know you, some people don't know you. So I would love for them, you guys, to kind of introduce yourself and talk about what you do here in the city and just, just share a little bit about you, um, where you were raised, were you raised in church or, or not? And we just, we just walk down the line, whoever wants to jump in first. Hello, everyone. Now, my name is Chris uh, Tabron. Um, I am originally from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I've been here in Chicago for about, well, I guess since the church started. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons I moved up here. And, um, dang, what else? Um, oh, I, I work in radio here in the city. So um, I'm often involved in a lot of just different events around the city. It's pretty fun, but... Um, oh yeah, and I do like graphic stuff here for the church, website stuff, so that's me. Yeah, graphic stuff. Y'all, you like all the graphics right here. I mean, he does an awesome job, right? <laughs> website. Thank you. My name's Emmy. Um, I have been in Chicago since 06. Um, I was born in Chicago, grew up in England up until high school, went to Nigeria for high school and then came back to Chicago. Um, I've been attending Renewal for just under two years, um, and I serve with the welcome team, and I'm active with our, the Southside Swaggers small group. Find <laughs> us. Um, and then I work for a school management organization. I do all things data. Uh, my name is Dan. I work for Renewal. Um, I'm the director of operations here. So I grew up in Midland, Michigan. Um, went to college at Hope College in Michigan. Moved here shortly after graduation. Been here for about 12 years. Um, been at Renewal for coming up on a year or so. I think I started around January or so. Um, came on staff in June. Um, so I think one thing that's unique for me as well as we talk about singleness is I came to faith later in life. So I was 28 years old when I became a Christian. And so I had to navigate a little bit of like, okay, going from dating in the secular world to get dating in the Christian world. So that was a big change for me. Hey, I'm Allie. I grew up in Pennsylvania and graduated from Moody Bible Institute. That's what originally brought me to Chicago. So, woohoo. <laughs> God bless the school. Um, I am now working on my Master's of Music in Vocal Performance at North Park University. And, um, yeah, I just am racking up student loans. <laughs> well... Thank you guys for sharing all that. I just want to jump into it. So uh, when we think about singleness, a lot of times we think about dating, we think about friendships, we think about relationships. Um, and, and we think about that. And a lot of people are like, do you want to be married? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And it's like, yeah, I, want to, I mean, 
Yeah, maybe. But did you want to be married? Why are you married? So those type of questions come up. And I just want you guys to talk about a little bit, if you would, just what does dating maybe look like for you? What does friendships look like? What are some good practices that you kind of put in place um, as a Christian kind of dating right now? What are some things that you probably could share with some of the people right now? What are some things that you do in your life as you're possibly pursuing marriage or even just dating, period, and just friendships? What's that look like for you? Um, I think for me, uh, one thing that, it kind of sounds bad, but kind of staying busy, (laughs) like in community with people. Um, I have some cool friends that, you know, I kick it with and a lot of them married and some of them are not, but, um, it just, I can bounce perspectives off of them. I can share my interests. They can challenge me in different ways. I know the Derek challenges me a lot. (laughs) in some different ways, but um, I would say just community is probably a big one. Like you said earlier, just making sure you're not um, like staying isolated um, because I feel like that's where the the feelings of loneliness and Mm. what you don't have kind of kick in, but I'll start it there just with community. I think that's a big one for me. That's good. And I'd probably say the same thing. Community is really important, uh, making sure you're surrounding yourself with people. Um, I think the other thing is, I mean, I think at one point I had to kind of change my mindset about singleness. Um, I think, you know, when I, early on I kind of always prayed for a relationship. Okay, I want to be married. I want to be married. God, can you give me this? And I think that's still something that's in my mind. It's still something I do. But at the same time, it's like make me okay with being single. Um, and I think that's a, it was a hard mind shift for me. Mm-hmm. I think at least currently I'm there, you know, I'd say like, I'm content being single right now. If I think about, am I, will be, will I be, be content in 10 years or 20 years? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about that. So I'm 34. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there being, who are basically saying, I do not want to be single when I'm that guy's age. Right. And I think that was <laughs> kind of my mindset coming out of college. I'm like, Oh, I, I won't make it 12 years after college without being, uh, without being married. Um, and, and I did. So just kind of trying to be okay with that and kind of, you know, that's where I'm at. One thing that I would add to that is um, pressing into the dreams that God has for me mm. and pursuing them pretty fearlessly. Uh, yeah. For me, that meant moving to Hungary for a couple of years and working at an international Christian school and now grad school. But it's, it's a lot easier to, to think about being single if you're thinking about it in terms of not, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for my life to begin or I'm waiting for... Waiting for a man, you know. Yeah. But if I am, you know, let me phrase it like this. Someone said to me once, you know, God has someone really great out there for you. And I said, thanks. But the truth is he's already given me someone really great. Mm. And that is Christ. And so if I'm sitting here thinking about, I'm just waiting for something really great. I, I have cut off at the knees a lot of what I claim that I believe. Wow. And so for me, it it comes back to pressing into um, all that Christ has already given me. And that is so profound that, yeah, I do want to be married. I'm 30 years old. I'd like to start a family. But that that is not by any stretch the only thing that's going on in my life. Mm. That's good. That's good. Um... I think for me, just going back to the idea of friendship, um, recently I've just been convicted to learn to develop like true friendships with guys um, and not 
you know, meet folks and like start to size them up and think, oh, is this, is this person? Because mm. um, you, like, you will miss out on just on great friendships. Um, so, yeah, that's just something that I'm, you know, encouraged to do. And I built some very great friendships with, you know, with guys um, because I have been able to see them as friends or brothers versus a potential. Um, and then not putting expectations on them that, you know, didn't need to be there or um, weren't, you know, should not have been there in the first place. That's good. That's good. That's good. Thanks. And this kind of alludes into this next question of just kind of being, how do you stay, you, you spoke about it, Dan, just kind of content, like pure in these, whether that be in your mind, your body, you know, just kind of seeking friendships or relationships crossing lines. Like how do you, what are some good practices? How do you stay pure? How, how do you stay content? You spoke a little bit about it too, Alec. What, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis um, as you guys have walked through this, um, the state of life where you guys are right now? What does that look like? Watch your media content. Mm. All right now. Straight up. Um, there's just a lot of things that, I, I mean, like, it's not even just because of sexual content. It's, it's, I think, especially for women, it's, it's these, these rabbit trails that our brains go down of, oh gosh, wouldn't it be so sweet if blah, blah, blah happened? Don't do that to yourself. Just <laughs> stop that right now. You, you're gonna... <laughs> Heather likes my jokes. Um... Yeah, seriously though. Um, watch, watch your your daydreaming, um, and a lot of that is fed into by the romance culture that Hollywood perpetuates. It's very nice looking, but um, as I look around at a lot of married couples, that's really not reflective of what life actually looks like. Mm. That's such a small fraction, and I think it's really detrimental to our emotional health as single men and women to watch that consistently and then expect that life is going to reflect that. Wow. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, guys have different problems. And I think, I think girls tend to romanticize the, um, the marriage aspect of things where guys just tend to think a lot more about sex than I think, well, I know than I think women do, if that could be. Um, so, I, <laughs> um, and I think, so Small I think that's, a. I I mean, I think it's one of those things that you have to recognize when you're doing things wrong. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's been a big thing of like repenting daily about things that I struggle with. Um, you know, okay, if my eyes linger too long on a woman, man, that's something that is sinful in the eyes of God. And I need to repent of that. Um, because at the end of the day, if I'm just struggling really hard to not do things I'm not supposed to doing, I can't prevent myself, right? We cannot save ourselves. That is up to God. And to do that, you have to go to Jesus with those kind of things, with those kind of problems. And I'll, I'll speak to the married men here as well. Like if that's something you're struggling with, then that's something you need to do. Repentance is something that needs to be a part of our prayer life. And I think especially within relationships, it's one of those things to easily let things go. So that's been good for me. So. I agree. I think um, for me, it's just being real about where I am. So if there are certain shows I need to cut out, I'm cutting them out. If there's like music I don't need to listen to or movies, and then just being, like having accountability. So like having people in my life who... I can be very just real with Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, just like knowing they're not going to judge me. There's no shame, but um, like they're there to help me grow. Um, So, yeah. That's good. That's good. 
Um, let me think. I don't know. I feel like in the same way that um, single people kind of think about like sometimes like want to be married and sometimes like no I'm straight I feel like married people think the same way correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> I don't know but um man uh I'm losing my thought here I think uh I think for me as far as contentment I have moments where I'm just like you know at the end of the day like Jesus is enough and like marriage isn't I'm not required <laughs> to be married. Um, it's something that I do desire, but uh, God, I don't know how to explain. <laughs> I just, I have moments of contentment and sometimes I have moments where I'm just like, that would be nice, but that's I don't good. know. <laughs> that's good, I think. That's honest, that's true. I think, um, yeah, it's tough, you know, just think about contentment and, and in a way kind of still longing for something too and, and, and thinking that, that there's something more um, and the reality is, this is the truth, as I was talking in the sermon, there is something more. You know, there is a reality that there is more in Jesus, as you spoke about. I mean, that's for all of us. So even the married is not being so wrapped up in your spouse that you miss Jesus, too. Um, because if we're not running after Jesus, then we're not doing what we need to do for one another, too. So, so there is, a, to, to what you guys are speaking about, there is like a longing that we feel um, that is not found in necessarily another person is found in Jesus. And so thank you guys for being vulnerable about that. Um, if, if there's one thing, it's the last question, it's, it's a whole bunch of questions in one, but um, if, if there's one thing that you could tell um, a single person right now, maybe it's a, it's a bit of advice or, or just thinking about crossing lines with other singles or um, even married people, like how, what does that look, what would you tell them? Um, how do you cross lines with the married individual? And then on the flip side, what would you tell the married couple or the married individual when they interact with you? Like what would be some helpful advice? I think there's some marriages like, I don't know what to say, you know, like, um, you know, what, you know what, what, do, what would be helpful to you um, as we think about this crossing the lines um, deal and how do we build meaningful relationships with one another? It's a lot of questions, right? You just pick one. Sure. Um, I'd say just be real. Um, right. Like, like Ali was saying, it's not... I think sometimes singles see marriage and they just like see all the good stuff and um, a lot of times married folks don't really share the real mm. um, and so then that's when you start to romanticize the idea of marriage um, and so just being real um, and you know about your, you know about marriage and right. um, you know just being open to pulling um, your single sister or brother friend in. Um, and I think one of the questions, like, what would you, what advice you give other singles? Um, yeah. Live now. <laughs> um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times, as singles, we want, we like are so caught up in the next phase of life that we like miss out on the now. Um, and because when we do that, like when we get into the next phase, like there's always a next phase. And when you're looking forward to the next thing, you miss out on like the gift, like you're saying, that's going on now. And just even the idea of like, this phase isn't permanent. And so why, um, like why mess, like why not enjoy the now that isn't pre permanent 
um, because you're looking forward to the next thing because yeah. you never re would really be satisfied in the next phase because you're always looking forward to the next thing. That's good. Yeah. That's good. What's some, what's some of that look like? You know, if you break that down, like what's that look like? I know I haven't been single in over 14 years and, you know, <laughs> and, and one of the joys though to this day that I get to do is hang out with Chris pretty much every Sunday. We hang out and watch TV and talk about life and all kinds of things. I mean, that's a friendship. So there is a cross, and I learn a lot, you know, so what is that, what's that look like for some of you guys in terms of um, that day-to-day -day walk, that, that relationship? You spoke about mission trips, and um, you guys have all kind of talked. What are those relationships? Are there people in the church, you know, that you build with, um, that you learn from? And what does that crossing the lines look like for you, practically? Uh, travel, um, hobbies, um, just... I don't know, I think for me, I, I, my house could be messy and there's no one, you know, who I'm, um, who's there. I don't know, just like, literally just taking advantage yeah. of now. So like if I, um, like I, I don't have anyone to um, answer to mm. in a good way, not, you know, in a bad way for the marriage, <laughs> but just, you know, I understand right now I can travel if I want to I can yeah. um, you know like my decisions are based on my situation versus based on someone else like I'm not thinking about others when I'm making I'm not thinking about another person before yeah. I'm making a major life decision that's good that's yeah. good and I mean I honestly don't think I'd be at this church if I was married um, because mm. of what God had me do over the last five years so I started seminary did grad school working a full-time job and then volunteering probably 10 hours out of church I didn't have bandwidth to date there I tried and it just it just didn't end well and so honestly I don't think I'd be at renewal if it wasn't that and so I mean, during the time, you still want to date, and I still was in that mind frame, but when I'm looking back on it, I'm like, okay, well, God, I see what you were doing at least up until that point. Um, so I do think to realize that, yeah, I like being here. I hope you guys like me being here. So you can at least bless my singleness <laughs> for the last five years to, to be a product of that. So, Kind of going back to the, the first part of that question that you asked about, what would I say to other single people? Um, it's not so much a piece of advice as an encouragement, and that is that you matter. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times it can feel like when you are alone, like that, well, quite frankly, that maybe people just don't care that much. It maybe sounds harsh, but um, when you're wanting to be in that depth of relationship and it's just not a part of your life, it can feel like it just, like you just don't matter a little bit. And I would um, say that that is a lie from the pit of hell, that mm -hmm. you do matter, um, and that more than just mattering relationally, you matter so much to the overall health of the church, not just in terms of what you bring in your service, but what we bring as um, the, the story that we are telling about the gospel, um, as, as people that are fulfilled, apart from this really profound desire that we have to say that my fulfillment is in Christ is a really profound thing to say. I was one of those kids that wanted to be married like at, you know, like I started dreaming about my wedding when I was 15. So for half of my life, there's been this one thing that I've wanted that has not yet happened in my life, but to say that, no, God is still good in spite of that is a really remarkable thing to say about the goodness of God and the place that grace and the gospel has, has brought me to and what it has done in my life. That is, that is a strong thing to say. 
and to walk that faithfully in front of the church and to say that, um, that I am being faithful to the situation that God has put me in, that is a blessing that we can give to the church that should not be overlooked because it is, it is, a, great, it is a great gift that we can give. Mm. Um, so that's, that would be my encouragement. Um, as far as crossing lines, um, I think I, I can, I obviously can only speak for the women, but, um, pursue friendships with, with married women, because first of all, just because they're married doesn't mean that they don't need girlfriends. They do. Right. They, they Come really, on. and they, and they crave friendships with women. So don't, don't leave your married sisters out in the cold. Um, <laughs> and, and it's plus it's, just be married, be friends with married people in general because being friends with married guys is really, really fun because you take away a lot of the tension. You just get to enjoy the, the diversity of relationships that God has placed on this world. So I'd really recommend it on, on that front as well. And for kind of the other direction, what I would, first of all, um, for, for married couples, um, I, have, I have been told by married couples, you know, there are days that, you know, we wish we were single and I'm like please don't say that to me. Please don't say that to me. Mm. That is, um, I'm just going to be real honest. It, it's very hurtful to be told that because it kind of feels like you're just like making light of, of my situation. Like you've got what I want. Please don't tell me that you don't want it. That just is, feels mm. like such a slap in the face. Mm. Um, but my, my encouragement to married couples would be just ask questions don't ask about what's happening next. Ask, ask about what is happening right now because my life is full and it is good. And there are things that I'm excited about. So find out what's exciting to me. Mm. And, um, and yeah. That's good. That's good. Thanks, Allie. Any last thoughts? Anybody, any last thoughts? All right, well, I got, I got two things I want All to right. say. So I'll get real quick. One thing to the single people. I think especially when you're in dating relationships, remember that the person you're dating is your neighbor. Right, and so one of the things that Pastor you talked about were the different levels of relationships, and that you have to love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think make that as easy as possible. And so I think the quick story that um, that I realized is with, I was hanging out with a female friend, and she had gone on a date like three days earlier, and the guy just never called her back. And it, I realized it was really tough for her. I don't think that's anything I had ever realized before. And so since that day, whenever I go on a date with a girl, if I'm not going to ask them out again, I let them know. It's like a text message the day after, and it's really awkward, and I really hate doing it. Like, I almost talk <laughs> myself out of it every time. But I, it's just a very simple, hey, I had fun. This isn't going anywhere. Have a good day. Um, it's a little nicer than that. And it's really weird. And every girl I've told that to has been like, that's awesome. Good. Because it's a very painful thing to sit for three days to wait until you realize you're just not going to get a second date. Wow. Um, and so the other thing that I'll say to the married people. So a few years ago, I had a group of friends. There was like eight of us. We were all single. And then like over half of them ended up getting married in like a two-year period of time. And then I stopped having community. Um, because again, I know marriage is important. You got to spend time there, but that really stings twice, right? Because it stings a lot because you're losing your community, man. I just lost some people that I loved being with and you lost them for something you want, right? I want to be married. They're getting married and I get, don't have this friend anymore. So, um, I think, so just be aware of that. I don't know what the solution is that because obviously, you know, marriage, you know, weddings take a lot of time to plan. Um, you do need to spend a lot more time with your spouse than you do with your friends. If you're not, you, you need to do that as a married guy. I'll tell you that. But 
but realize the pain that that does cause other people. Um, I don't know how to navigate that, but just be aware of that, I'd say. So. That's good. I think to that note, one of the, uh, just being a married person, one of the, uh, one of the things that we, my wife and I try to do is try to be cognitive of that in a little bit, is just really try to um, be intentional about opening our house up and just, whether that's people staying with us, some of y'all have stayed at our house, and, and, and then also just people coming over. I mean, it is a sacrifice when you have four kids and a wife and time is limited, but just to have folks that come hang out and uh, just be in the house. Uh, and I learn a lot as well as I know they're learning a lot too. It's kind of encouragement and fellowship both ways, and we both need that in the body of Christ. Amen. So thank you guys for sharing everything up here today. Can y'all put your hands together just for them this morning?